0: Everybody, welcome back to the College Football Uncensored podcast. I'm your host Tyler Huck, and with me, as always, the other host of this show, Chris Marler. Chris, how are we doing today on this
1: fine Wednesday evening? Is it Wednesday? I think so. I thought it was Thursday. Um, good. Good it's
0: Thursday. It's Thursday for the listener.
1: Been doing a deep dive. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) on all the college football playoff resume stuff. And Tyler, this is going to shock you. I did too much. Yeah, I can see that there. Yeah. So no, it's, it's, you can't even follow along with it, but I basically figured out why who all sucks and who doesn't. so it's pretty good. It's like, whatever. That's how I spent my day. Good, good.
0: Well, we have a massive week this week. It's an incredible week across the nation in the sec, before we get into it, um, we'll talk about a little bit about the rankings that came out this week. Uh, we'll do a quick preview for some some other games that are maybe aren't as uh, relevant to the national picture, and then we'll go through the biggest games of the week. But first, Chris,
1: NFTs, have you done the research yet? Uh, totally, yeah. I, I mean, NFTs, OPPs, um, God, all of it. I love it all.
0: Well, NFTs, as you know, have officially come to college football. Campus yeah. legends launching the first ever officially licensed athlete in school NFT drop. And it starts today. It started today. It dropped
1: today. Yeah.
0: The 2008 national championship Florida Gator football team, a bunch of class stacks on that team. You want to get in on it.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I didn't realize that until after it dropped, um, which is, it's still awesome. Like, cause when they did this last week, it like, I'm pretty sure they said it like sold out in like 30 minutes. Um, I don't know if people are buying them with like whatever you'd get in like the, like, what's it called? Like commissary. When you're in prison, what do you pay with? Yeah. The commissary. Yeah. There it is. You know, you've been there. Yep. Regardless, Um, um, it's a really cool opportunity.
0: 100%. Florida is not the only school, although uh, Campus Legends is beginning their partnership this week with the University of Florida. There will be more schools in the future. But as of today, you can start buying, selling, and trading officially licensed collegiate digital digital collectibles. Uh, what's cool, I mentioned this in the last part about Campus Legends, is that the players are along for the ride. See, Campus Legends is helping current and past players monetize their NIL through this new NFT marketplace for the you listeners and listeners only. Go to campuslegends.com. It's not really just for listeners, but... Click on sign up in order to be ready for the drop, which happened today. So, really, you should see it when you get on there. Go to campuslegends.com, sign up, get ready to get in on the NFT game for college football. And with that, let's get into the week here. Started out uh, the week with, of course, we got Maxion going on, which, you know, you just can't really. Uh, it's it's tough, it's tough to even describe what, what happens during Maxion.
1: We this is I am have like really disappointed myself because we have been in the midst and in the very middle of and what the hell? Um an eighty no, I'm sorry, a twenty-three day stretch where football has been on every day. There's Listen. nine days left, or today's nine. Um, but yeah, all the way until next, I believe, Thursday. Uh there's football on every night. I love maxion It's wild, it's fun
0: you got to bet the over every time. That's not every professional time. gambling advice, but it's just fun. Um, yes. Let's talk about the college football rankings that came out this week. Um, didn't seem to be as much complaining. I know a lot of people had a problem with Michigan over Michigan State, despite just losing to them a couple weeks ago. Right. Truth be told, I think you've probably got the right four teams up at the top as it stands today. What say you, Chris?
1: Well, you look at my chart. Um <laughs> I can tell you right now, the inverse. Uh, I mean, this is basically this is a blueprint for NFT. Uh, no, so it's a, like it's a whole blockchain thing, you know? Exactly. I, I thought I was I, like, I was surprised, and I wasn't at almost everything. I was surprised at the at the Michigan over Michigan State because you've s- said over and over how like it matters what happens on the field. That's why Bama's at number two. Um, that's why Oklahoma's at nine, and they or I guess at eight. Um, and then a week later, like it, it, Dustin Shooty, what like you know, he covers Big Ten, um, the Big Ten side of our uh, what do you call it, Operation for Us and Saturday Tradition, does a tremendous job. I genuinely feel bad for him every single week because I'll be watching like these like incredible SEC football games and he is stuck watching like Nebraska fucking Purdue. And, I, I, like, and he likes it, so it's like to each their own, but I honestly cannot – I can't fathom doing that. Um, he brought up the point, though. He's like, you know, with Bama being at two, like what's the point of even playing the games if what happens on the field doesn't matter? And then ironically enough, you see this um, after everyone brought up all the SEC bias, blah, 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 you see the Big Ten – And and I guess the, was it like the chairman of the committee came out and say, well, you know, they, they probably should have won that game. They were a better team. Oh, okay. Didn't like that. We're just going to hypotheticals now. Right. I mean, and it was only a week ago. Like I get it. They did this shit with Ohio state all the time, which Ohio state could not be more underwhelming. And, and we hear nonstop like Ohio state's a better team than Oregon right now. Are they?
0: Mm, I don't know. Yeah. I, I wouldn't I, I don't know. I, if they played again, I'd probably favor Ohio State. But that game was was that game they in were. Oregon? No, it was in Ohio State. That's right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I was lost you, at you home. Gotta, yeah, you gotta have Oregon over Ohio State. Yeah. But but I just I don't know. Like it's great fodder for people like you and I who talk about this stuff for a living. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> Honestly, truthfully, these these rankings just don't matter right now. I mean, Michigan is going to play Ohio State, and if if they lose, then it doesn't matter if they're above Michigan State right now. Right. Um, you know, Ohio State's going to play what? They still have to play Michigan State as well.
1: Um, I believe they have to play them, and well, they did they already play Penn State? They already played. Yeah, Penn they State. already
0: played. Yeah, yeah
1: they still got to play Michigan State. Um, so I think they close out with Purdue, Michigan State, and Michigan.
0: Right, so these things will work themselves out on the field. Um, I'm not, I'm not too concerned about it. I, I like that A&M is slowly climbing up the board. I mean, they definitely deserve that. They've, they've. Oh, are they ranked? Like, they are ranked. They are ranked 11th. Wow. Um, so they're starting to climb up the board a little bit and get get a little bit more respect as they've reeled off a couple big wins recently. They got another big game this week. We'll be previewing. Um, I really, honestly, you know, Cincinnati sitting there at five. Look, if Ohio State doesn't take care of business, or even Oregon, I mean, Cincinnati could theoretically sneak in here. I just, God, they're not that good.
1: Well, I mean, comparatively, absolutely. yeah, that's fair. Um, I I love like looking into these things, like like you know these little stat deep dives or whatever, because um, it's fascinating too. And, and trying to figure out like putting together a resume so you can actually compare each school. Because what I always say, like if we're going to have arguments, let's at least have it be rooted in facts instead of just like, well, you know, Bama lost a and or Ohio State lost to this team. and They look bad against this team. So looking through this, I was what's – what's the right way to put it? I was pretty surprised at the lack of competition that some of these teams have faced. Like when, sure. when you – I mean, Oklahoma and Baylor are going to play in like a – marquee matchup for the big 12 this weekend. it's like it's one of three team or three games with like a ranked first ranked opponent. Do you know how many games they've played each this year? How many games they've played each? Yeah
0: Oklahoma's played nine and Baylor's played nine.
1: Do you know how many teams they have faced with a winning record?
0: <laughs> mm, I know Oklahoma has not even played. A top 25 team, I think.
1: They played Texas, and they were 25th. Okay. Yeah.
0: And we see how good Texas
1: is. The answer is two.
0: Two total. Two. Between the two. Two
1: total teams that they have. And Cincinnati is the same way. They have one team that's like 500. But, I mean, it's just. Well, they did play Notre Dame and beat them. And Notre Dame is nine. True. And that should count for more, I think. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I don't understand how Notre Dame's like that, that high up either, but no, I mean like you look at like looking through it and, and some of these numbers are kind of skewed. Like, cause you look at the FPI and that, that's where they're getting, like that's where I'm pulling all this information from because that's where the committee is apparently getting it from. And that in and of itself is like going to be inherently biased because it's, it's, it's ESPN's numbers. I mean, you look at the FPI like projections right now for like who is going to make the, like, the college ball playoff Georgia is like his first with ninety six percent. Then Bama was seventy one percent. How, how is that possible? Because they have to play. Ge- they got to beat Georgia to get in. Clemson's what? also still ranked in the top ten. In FPI. Yeah. Um, okay. So the like, but the strength of schedule stuff too is also like, kind of skewed because it currently says like Bama has the the twenty first hardest or uh, most difficult like schedule and out of the top 10 teams in the the cultural playoff ranking, that's, that's number one. That is the hardest. Georgia's is 42nd. And you start looking at all the numbers. They have more wins against top 25 teams. They have more wins against uh, current top 25 teams. Their opponents win loss record is first in the entire country, 45 and 27, which is a six, uh, what do you call it? Six twenty-five winning percentage. I, how is that? How would that not be more difficult than Bama's?
0: Uh it's a good question. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Bama's, but I think is that strength of record thus far, or looking at the total um, record and who Bama will play?
1: No, so it's strength of schedule, and it's that's um, it's up until this point because they also have the remaining yeah. strength of schedule, and and like. Honestly, the last three weeks is going to be a lot of fun because it's going to be oh, yeah. chaos in the Big Ten. There's probably going to be some upsets, obviously, in the SEC. But um, yeah, it, it'll all work itself out. It should be it should be fun.
0: It's gonna be fun to watch. Um, technically, I mean, if you consider Bama to have a chance to lose in one of their last two games against Arkansas mm-hmm. or Auburn, A and M actually still can control if that would happen. They could, could they could get in as the West you know, um, champion. And so there's a right. lot that's still on the board that can happen. And there's a lot of big games this weekend that are going to determine kind of where this thing heads. Um, I would say, you know, quick, quick preview around the sec. Uh, cause there yeah. are some good games that just necessarily aren't like in the forefront. A good example is Missouri and South Carolina. That's a pick them right now. Big yeah. game for both programs. Uh, South Carolina, obviously coming off a big win, What do you think is going to happen there? I mean, I think South Carolina is probably better than Missouri.
1: I mean, so it's hard to like look at this without like some sort of, I don't, I don't know. Like you could either say garnet and black tinted glasses or I guess gold and black because Missouri has looked bad all year. They have a terrible, terrible defense. They have one of the worst rushing defenses in the country. I think it might be the worst. Um, And then South Carolina, has been terrible all year. They beat Vanderbilt by one. It was like a last-minute touchdown. Yeah, and then they come out last week and they just absolutely destroy Florida. I, I don't know if I trust South Carolina away from home. Um, they're one win away from bowl el- eligibility, which is awesome. Like in Shane Beamer's first year, and I re- like and also this like Missouri's weakness is kind of like fit perfectly with south carolina strengths if they're going to run the football like it's there's no better team to do it on but i'm going to take missouri this weekend as much as i hate it
0: yeah i mean you coming off that big win against south against florida last week you wonder if they can repeat the same effort but um i'll take south carolina In, in that game in como yeah the way it's written here on the sheet i felt like it was in south carolina I but. didn't write him correctly at all. Yeah, that's my bad. <laughs> yeah, that, that, I would probably go Missouri then in that case. But it's going to be close. It's going to be close. It's going to be a good, well, I don't know if this would be like a, the most exhilarating game to watch. But as far no, as no, no. the spread being a pick-em, it's gonna be a good game.
1: Uh, all right, next one, Arkansas LSU. Uh, they play for the Golden Boot, Tyler. Fun fact about Love that it. trophy. It's 100 pounds. or Maybe it's like 150 pounds. It's four foot tall. There's no way. Um, Are you drinking wine right now? Yeah. Good for you. Um, It's four feet tall, and it's uh, made out of nothing but 24-karat gold. It's unnecessary at best. Um, Anyway, so um, what do you call it? LSU's coming off, obviously, uh, a a very, very close game where they probably should have beat Bama. Arkansas is um, coming off a big win at home, so they are actually going bowling. Social media team added again, by the way. They just fucking killed it all year. I, so they're only a two and a half point favorite on the road. What, what are your thoughts on that?
0: Arkansas has had an interesting year. You know, they 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 open up 4-0 with wins over number 15 at the time, number 15 Texas, number 7 A&M. Then they get shut out against Georgia. That starts a three-game losing streak. That sends them back to being unranked. Now they've won right. two straight games. They're back in the top 25. I think they found something here with uh, Dominique Johnson got his first start last week. Did really well. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but but um, there's been I think even Coach O said that Garrett Nussmeyer is going to see significant snaps in this game.
1: Yeah, Which I thought Coach was interesting. A fuck, he is. Yeah. he is absolutely done. Like he is like he's got like senioritis or some shit. If like <laughs> you saw any of the videos from last week, like he's like, you know what? I'm gonna still graduate. I don't give a fuck. Uh, I'm just gonna hold up, up these L's L's in the morning. In the morning. Um, just nonstop.
0: It just it seems like every time we count out LSU, they come out and shock us. But I, I just don't see them responding well after that loss, that hard fought loss uh, against Alabama last week. And I could see them losing a close one at home. Um, two and a half for LSU. I'll take Arkansas to win by three. So I, th- I think they'll cover.
1: Um, yeah, I think I am too. I'd probably just bet the money line to be safe. To be honest.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, it's a night game in, in, in Death Valley, so you can you can't rule that out. But we saw Auburn take him down this year already.
1: I think that's that impressive. same spot. I, I mean and it also though, how's the crowd gonna be? Because you're four and five. I mean, you still have honestly you have a lot like a decent amount to play for. You can still get like to a bowl. Um, and Coach O has been incredible as an interim coach. And so part of me really does want to pick LSU, especially at home. Like, I mean, think like think about this. If you would have said this in the beginning of the season, if you would have said then that The second week of November, we would be picking Arkansas to beat LSU on the road at night. Yeah, right. What the fuck is happening right now? Um, (laughs) So I'm going to take LSU, actually. I'm going to take LSU. I'd probably buy a point on it. Um, The one thing that scares me, though, KJ Jefferson, Traylon Burks, they've been incredible all year. KJ Jefferson was a semifinals for the uh, Davy O'Brien Award. LSU has uh, one of the worst pass defenses in the country. It's like 110th or something like that. So that that would be uh, worrisome. Let's uh, let's like skip over just for a brief moment to your alma mater. Oh this is a big game. <laughs> it is. I, I, first off, I,
0: I got to start by uh, so Florida State, Miami. Florida State's a two and a half point underdog at home. I miss this game, meaning something at all. It yeah. hasn't in a long time. Miami's won four in a row in the series. They actually, weirdly enough, have a chance to still win their division because UNC has sucked ass um they made a switch at quarterback by necessity because derek king went out and this tyler van dyke kid like the the offense is now yeah it's first name is awful last name is even worse um but this kid's come in and he's the first miami quarterback since bernie kosar in 1984 to throw for at least 325 yards in three straight games They've beat two top 25 teams since he came in. The offense has really come alive. They've got some pretty good skill players that, you know, are suddenly much better with him under center. Florida State, man, they just they're they're just a bad, they don't have any talent. It's just so frustrating to watch them. When and Jordan Travis is the QB. When he doesn't play, like last week and Kenzie Milton played, my man's just way too injured to do anything dynamic right. at all. Um Travis should be back for this game, which obviously helps. I want to believe Florida State could pull the upset here. Um, I just think that the teams are for this year are trending in different directions. I think Miami's trending up, Florida State's trending down, specifically because they're playing a little bit harder schedule. Um, so I'll take Miami by three. Unfortunately, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if Florida State won. I just I'm not getting good vibes right now.
1: Yeah, I mean like Miami on the road, maybe that's like the reason why the line's so low. But I, I don't, yeah. I don't know. Also, what I would fuck say the over you all wearing last week. I will. I will say uniforms?
0: this. I know I always hate on Jimbo, but we won the championship in 2013 in the most pristine jerseys this eyes these eyes have ever seen, and then we sold out to Nike, let them change our logo, our jerseys, everything about it, and we've been shitty ever since. And and it's it's not a coincidence. Probably so, why. Yeah,
1: that's true. Yeah. Um. All right. Last uh national game of of relevance. I mean, that we're going to talk about at least uh michigan goes to penn state they're yeah. a one and a half point favorite michigan's still quietly eight and one which is kind of crazy penn state's kind of falling off the map um it'll be interesting to see. i mean this game will just be fun in general because you know two blue bloods and all that kind of stuff just the the helmet value except for michigan's road uniforms suck how have they never figured that out what do, what do you not like about them they're just ter- i mean they're just terrible regardless <laughs> all right um <laughs> But so, so Penn state, uh, a couple close losses, they're going to be, they're at home. They're a one and a half point underdog. So I wonder where James Franklin's head, James Frank. Wow. James Franklin's head is at um, if he's still, you know, like all in like he's been saying he is, or if he's got one foot out the door, because the fact that Michigan is favored by a point and a half and it actually, it opened uh, in favor of, of what do you call it? Of Penn state. They were a one point favorite um and so for the line i moved three points in michigan's favor with with harbaugh's record he's two and seven in his last nine games on the road he's been terrible um so i'm gonna take penn state i think uh to win that game so
0: cade mcnamara michigan qb um apparently he's like kind of injured um they also have one of their start their best running backs um he left the indiana game early two of their Receivers left that game early with injuries. Their number one tight end didn't play last week. If some of those guys can go, specifically McNamara, I like Michigan to win the game, um, and probably cover the one and a half. I mean, at that point, it, it'd be tough to, to not. But I think they're going to be able to run on Penn State. And you think you think back to the Penn State Auburn game, Tank Bigsby went off, and the Ohio State game, Travion Henderson had a big game against Penn State. Um, if Blake Corum is in, I love it even more. But even if he's out, Hassan Haskins had a career day last week. He now leads the team in rushing. So um, I think if if McNamara is out or limited, Penn State will win. But if he is playing and he's relatively
1: healthy, I got Michigan. Fair enough. Um, all right, let's get to some of the games that y'all care about uh, <laughs> in the SEC and then a couple of the big ones as well. So um, let's kick it off. I guess what? Mississippi State at Auburn? We'll start there. Yeah, 12 p.m.
0: on ESPN, Auburn, five and a half point favorite, total of 50. This is the 95th meeting between the two schools. Auburn has won eight of the last 12 against Mississippi State. Auburn coming off of the loss last week against A&M, where they had a season low in points and total yards. They only had 20 226 yards in that game last week. Um, totally they actually that. haven't reached the end zone in the last six quarters. So things have gone a little backwards there for Brian Harson on offense. Mississippi State last week nearly pulled off the upset at Arkansas. They missed the potential game time field goal as time expired. Mike Leach holding open tryouts. We'll take anybody at kicker. I don't know. I hope I hope they brought on somebody that's like there for grad school at forty years old and can kick a football. That'd be that'd be great. Um, Mississippi State is five and four, but three of those losses are by three points or fewer. So right. they're they're very close to having a much better record. Will Rogers has been the guy. I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's been awesome. 3,300 yards, 23 touchdowns, completing 75% of his passes. Um, this is the polar opposite of, of looking at these two teams on offense. Auburn runs the ball well. Mississippi State runs the, the – or they, they don't run the ball that well. They, they pass the ball very well. Um, for me, Mississippi State, one in five in their last six road games at Auburn straight up. Cool. but this year they're four and one against the spread in their last five. So they have been more competitive than Vegas has had them at, um, Auburn is much better at defending the run than they are the past, which doesn't help them in this game. Fortunately, it's a positive for Mississippi state. I do think because it's at Auburn, I think Auburn wins a close one by three. So I'll take Auburn to win, but I'll take Mississippi state to cover the five and a half.
1: Yeah. I hate that five and a half point spread. Um, yeah. you know that I also, so, this seems like a, like a no-brainer like on paper because it's Mississippi State, like not, like nothing against them, but Auburn is so much better at home than they are on the road.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But I wonder how beat up they are. Like I, like not even like I always say it's so difficult to get back up like, you know, emotionally. I wonder how physically beat up this Auburn team is because that was a brutal game last week. Um, looking at some of the numbers, I was kind of surprised by this because obviously Mississippi State, like their bread and butter is like passing the ball. Auburn, Auburn secondary is, was considered to be like a strength, especially going into the season. Like the back end of that, that defense was supposed to be like, like where they were best. They're ranked, um, I think 108th in the country in, in completion percentage, um, which was really surprising. And, and like, that's the only reason I feel like that would be important is because Will Rogers is not going to air it out and just like, you know, it's like death by a thousand paper cuts every single week. A kid's got like 30 or 40, uh, completions, I don't think Mississippi State is gonna is gonna win. I think it's still November, so I'm I'm not gonna veer away from like Auburn Jesus and that being a real thing because I believe in it. Um, I'm gonna take Auburn to win. I'm gonna take Auburn to win big by over ten.
0: Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, let's go to Oklahoma at Baylor. Uh, this is a I like I kind of like how the the Big Twelve has just claimed 12 p.m. is where they're gonna put their their biggest game of the week. I yeah, Uh, they put it on Fox. I feel like they they feel like they have a like a an advantage there because most conferences put their worst games there. Um, Well, you're not going to compete with the 3:30 game, right? Or the the, or the night game. So right, 12 p.m. So they've they've kind of claimed that spot. That this is the team. This is the game of the week in that conference. Uh, Baylor is a five and a half point underdog at home. Total of 62 and a half. This is the first team Oklahoma has played all season that's ranked inside the top 25 of the college football playoff so teams that are ranked now there you
1: go let <laughs> me just bring out this chart real quick and, and run some numbers here you know how bad Cincinnati's strength of schedule is it's bad it's real bad It's a, 100 buy it. Real bad. buy it real bad it's 102nd in the country oklahoma's is 83rd by the way cincinnati's went down after last week after playing tulsa which is tough to do um Oklahoma has the 83rd ranked strength of schedule in the country. Their opponents win-loss record. That is like a huge factor I feel like um when you start looking at like like breaking down each resume especially towards the later in the season it's definitely big in like BCS times. 31 and 42, Tyler. Mm. 31 and 42. That is okay. a winning percentage of 4.25. It's the lowest of the top 10. It's even lower than Cincinnati's. Good Lord. That includes Western Carolina and every other like cream, like, you know, or what do you call it? Uh, I don't say cream puff. I didn't like that. That felt weird. It felt <laughs> real weird. Um, Oklahoma also like, and I've been saying this the entire season, the the thing that stands out most to me is their points per game. Like, like their average margin of victory is not what it used to be. It like, this is not the yeah, same no. Oklahoma team at all. Every like, game has
0: been close.
1: It, almost. It, it, it feels like it. Um, and it's really bizarre because you start looking at like almost almost half or a little over half the teams in the top uh, 10 in the playoff. You know, like Georgia, in order, Georgia, Ohio State, um, Cincinnati, Bama, Michigan. Those are five of the top six teams in the country for average margin of victory. And you look at Oklahoma that's sitting at 11 and a half, which isn't bad, but it's not what we're used to seeing at all. So...
0: Well, they've gotten better under Caleb Williams. They were one and four against the spread with Rattler at quarterback. And you like they say that QB is the most important position in all of sports. It's so important in college football, especially. And ever since they made the move to Caleb Williams, they're three and one against the spread. They have won twenty-three consecutive November games dating back to twenty fourteen. They haven't lost a game in November since twenty since twenty fourteen.
1: They're eighteen and two against the spread in the last twenty road games.
0: Yeah. They also have the nation's longest winning streak at seventeen. So They've been getting by. They're getting better under Caleb Williams. Um, Baylor, weirdly, even though they lost to TCU last week with an interim coach, Baylor still has a chance to make the Big 12 championship game. The Do you remember the last time these two teams played? Baylor was yeah. up 31-10 at the half, and Oklahoma came back out after halftime, scored 24 unanswered points to win.
1: They were up 31-3. to was it 31 to 3? I'm pretty sure it was. Like, I don't want to say it might have been three points less, um, because I don't want to put that juju out there right now. Sure. Um, but I'm almost positive that's where because like I think Baylor was actually ranked ahead of them. The math that I have, Baylor was up 31 10 at the
0: half, 24 unanswered points in the second half by Oklahoma to win 34 31. It adds up. Yeah. But either way, ridiculous comeback. Mm-hmm. Um, this is when Matt Rule is still the coach. So
1: Yeah, and Jalen um, Hurts is the quarterback.
0: Yeah, Oklahoma's coming off a bye. So um ever since Caleb Williams took over for Spencer Rattler, they've been able to put fifty plus points up on the board in three of their four games. So um getting better on offense.
1: Which game do they not do that in? I don't know off the top of my head. Do you it seems it was like the you know. one not at home? Yeah. It was okay. against Kansas.
0: Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Baylor's pass rush, not very good. And that's not going to help them against this, uh, Caleb Williams led offense. Baylor's going to want to try and run the ball. They have a stud running back Abram Smith. He needs 125 oh. yards, to surpass a thousand for the year already. Um, if they can control the ground game, which I think they, they might be able to, but you got to keep Caleb Williams off the field. And if you can do that, they can win this game. Ultimately, I will take Baylor to cover because it's at home. They're almost a six-point underdog. I like that for for the bet, but ultimately I think Oklahoma probably sneaks out another win here.
1: So I think this is where the nightmare is going to start for me with Oklahoma because they have been incredibly and hilariously bad and mediocre all season long. Um, Baylor is coming off. I'm assuming they were looking ahead when they lose to TCU, like you said, with an interim coach. Uh, but a pretty incredible job that Dave Aranda's done so far, like in, in year one. Yeah, um, I believe it's year one, right? It was year, year, two. year two, yeah, yeah. Um, just really, during, it's year one though, honestly.
0: Like, I don't count COVID, like, brand new coaches during a COVID year. It's like a yeah, real year
1: because it's not even real. So it's like, yeah. like totally right. Um, can't count anything from last year. <laughs> so they, they're, they gave up in the last game against CCU, they gave up 478 yards passing and 540 total yards, which was 140 more than they've given up in any game this season. Um, They've been really, really balanced on offense. I think it's like 230 yards passing, 226 yards uh, rushing. On defense, which is what Dave Aranda is, he's a defensive coach, they've been pretty decent. um, Like, you know, 360, I mean, they give up less yards in Oklahoma, which I don't know if that's tough to do at this point, uh, and less points. But what worries me is they have not played a lot of competition and coming off that loss, like I, I, they understand obviously what's in front of them. You know, there's going to be a significant talent gap. Just right. Bottom line, um, they are at home, which I like. But I think, like I said, this is where the nightmare starts for Oklahoma because they they have a week off. They can collect themselves. I, I'm not. I'm absolutely not sold on Caleb. Uh, Caleb, yeah. I mean, like his numbers are great. But the fact that he's even considered a Heisman finalist or a Heisman candidate at this point and playing half the season is is just ridiculous to me. Um, He did struggle in that Kansas game, and a lot of it was just being, like, focused and mentally prepared because he just was not into it in the first half. Uh, I think that they're going to come out after a week off and have a really good game plan in place, and they're just going to absolutely fucking demolish Baylor. And then they're going to start moving up the college football playoff uh, rankings as well. Um, so got to play to State it too. Right. Redlam. But see, and like, and the main reason too is it's, it's almost less or maybe equal parts to the fact of Oklahoma still being a good football team and should be able to win this game. But also the fact that like it, Baylor has not, they, I mean, they're just as inexperienced experience of playing any kind of like real team this season. They've only played two teams over 500. Like, I mean, at any time they've played like a, a good team, it seems like they've struggled.
0: No, that's true. Um, yeah, well, I, I kinda I kinda want Oklahoma to fall in this game. I think you'd probably do, do Same, too, yeah, absolutely. Um let's go to one that's not exactly a tight spread, but we just saw Purdue. They're now ranked, by the way, number nineteen Purdue at number four Ohio State. Three thirty on ABC, Ohio State, a twenty point favorite at home, total sixty two. The spoiler makers, Chris, Purdue. Chris. They have their opportunity to defeat their third top five opponent this season. Um, last week, they beat number three, Michigan State. They beat number then number two, Iowa, in October. Um, in fact, last week was the 17th time Purdue has beat a top five team while they were unranked. That is which stupid. Is, which is six more than any other program in the country. Um, in 2018, Purdue destroyed Ohio State 49 to 20 and ever since then Ohio State has never hasn't lost a regular season conference game um going on the road to Columbus Purdue has lost eight straight at Ohio State the last win was in 1988 the average margin of victory is 18 and a half points over that time we talked about this Ohio State their offense seemed like it was really getting on track they got fat and happy on bad competition They've slowed down a bit. It look, for their standards, they've definitely slowed down a bit against Penn State and Nebraska the last two weeks, who both have pretty good defenses. Nebraska surprisingly has a pretty good defense. Yeah. Um, they've only got two touchdowns in the last nine red zone trips. That's bad. They had just three field goals in the second half against Nebraska last week. They should get Garrett Wilson back, which I know everyone was talking about how Garrett, you know, not having Garrett Wilson, you know, is a big deal against Nebraska. Um, they did have uh, Jackson Smith and Jigbo, which is a great name, by the way. He yeah. had 15 catches in the game last week, school record. He legit. Um, I love, personally, David Bell on Purdue. That dude's a monster. He had 11 catches for 217 against Michigan State last week, 240 against uh, Iowa. So he he comes to play in these big games. Purdue is allowing 14.3 points per game on defense on the road this year. Yeah, That's they,
1: good. their numbers are are really impressive.
0: Ohio State's offense is is for their standards, like I said, stat. Uh, There's it's stuttering, sputtering a bit. Um, as I stutter, CJ Stroud two picks last week against. Um, uh, who did they play last week? Uh, Nebraska. Nebraska. Um, after going five games without a pick, so I think Purdue can cover this game. It's I think it's at Columbus is a huge ask. It's a twenty point favorite, so you'd be kind of crazy to pick them outright. But I right. think they can cover this the twenty.
1: Yeah, I'm going to stay away from the line. I, I just I've I feel like I've learned my lesson betting on Ohio State this year because it is not the same as it was last year. Um, I will say this: so there's no part of me that thinks that Purdue is going to win this game. It's kind of crazy that that the lack of respect they're getting after like what they've done, like you know, like you said historically, and also this week or last week. Um, but the other part of it too is the fact that. Like their their entire strength of offense is throwing the football, right? Like they average three hundred and seventy seven yards a game uh, through the air, which is what do you call it? Um, which is ranked eighth in the country. Ohio State's been a bad defense at times this year. Like I mean, just a bad defense. Um, their their secondary is giving up, um, what is it? Their their secondary is ranked ninety seventh in the country, giving up two hundred and forty seven point eight um, yards per game and the completion completion percentage is over 60%, like all of the numbers are bad, however you want to look at it. The one thing that worries me, because I think David Bell could have a, have a day, the one thing that worries me is this quarterback, like if you're the eighth-ranked passing offense in the country, the splits should not be 19 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. That's right. almost inexcusable. Um, I, I don't trust the quarterback to make enough good decisions, especially on the road. Like I think this game is somewhat catered to Ohio State, like pulling away late. I'm not going to touch the line. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. Like, I think Ohio State will win, but I think it's going to be one of those games, like a lot like the Indiana game last year where they're just constantly putting up points, you know, the entire the entire day.
0: Okay. I like Purdue's defense to at least give them a fight. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. Um, so you want to go with A&M Ole Miss first before? I think UG georgia t-
1: Tennessee is the game of the week.
0: Okay. All right. So then let's go A&M, uh, A&M Ole Miss. I think it's gonna be a great game. Number eleven AM at number fifteen Ole Miss. Seven PM game on ESPN. Ole Miss a two and a half point underdog at home. Total fifty five and a half. This is the College Game Day game, um, which I believe is the second time this year that College Game Day has been to Oxford. Um, no,
1: they, it's the second time nope. ever.
0: Second time ever. Okay, that's what it was. You remember the uh, first
1: time, Dickhead? Katy Perry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, was that was that Bama? Yep.
0: Mm a uh, and on a bit of a hot streak here. Uh, they're attempting to push the win streak to five games with this, if they could pick up the victory here. Obviously, they beat Auburn last week, and they have a win over Alabama. So if they can beat Ole Miss here and then beat LSU, mm-hmm. they have a shot at winning the West. Obviously, they need Alabama to lose a game. But um, last week, they absolutely dominated on the defensive side of the ball. It was the first time they've held a top 25 opponent without a touchdown since 2010. They had four sacks against Auburn. It was their fourth game with at least four sacks. Defense is on fire. Um, they've they've won. Their offense is is getting better as well. You know, giving Zach Calzada some time. Um, but you know, people have some questions about AM. Like, okay, you know, they looked pretty shaky at the beginning of the year. Um, they've won three games in a row by at least three scores. Um, they've allowed a total of 31 points over that time span, which in comparison, we all talk about the Georgia defense. They've given up 26, pretty right. damn close. And that's it's, you know, Georgia's probably the best in the country. Not probably, definitely the best defense in the country. a um, and won nine of the last 12 against Ole Miss. For Kiffin, I feel like for his team, it's all about health right now. They, they've struggled to stay yeah. healthy on offense, and they've still managed to have one of the top rushing offenses in the country but that's mainly been when I mean, when Matt Corral can get out there and run alongside Ely and Parrish and those guys. Yeah. The offense has cooled off, understandably, as they've gotten less healthy. Um, they scored 40 or more points four times in the last, or their first five games, and they went over 50 in three of those games. Mm-hmm. And um, ever since then, they haven't scored over 35. So things have slowed down a bit, but it comes with a lot of injury at receiver. Right. Corral's definitely not healthy. But – in retrospect, too, their defense is getting better. They had seven sacks against Malik Willis last last week. No, that
1: was in the first half, Tyler. They oh, yeah. they had more than that. They had, I think, they ended up having nine.
0: Oh my god! Yeah, it was so ridiculous. He, they had two picks. He's widely considered, you know, first second round pick. Like um, but their offense last week they went up twenty four nothing and they only scored three in the second half. Ole Miss. So, if Matt Corral is fully healthy in this contest, which I don't think he will be, and they can run him like they want to, which right. I don't think they'll be able to, then I think it's going to be very close, and I think Ole Miss could possibly win. That being said, I don't think that Corral is healthy. I don't think they're going to be able to run him like they want to. So the only question I have is if AM can get up on defense a second week in a row, put up another great effort, which they're going to have to have... Um, where do you where do you go here
1: okay so first off you had a great point about the fact that they scored 40 points or more in the first five games also in nine of their last 11 um nine of 11 games they put up over 500 yards of offense and the reason why that's crazy is because they were also putting up over 600 and 700 in a lot of those like in almost half of those games which is crazy Um, their last three games, they've been under 500 and they've decreased in yardage each week, not by much, but you know, it's still, it's like, there's been a noticeable, um, what's the best way to put it? Like there's just been a noticeable, something's lacking. Right. And I think obviously it has something to do with the injuries, but also with corral, you bring up like the rushing stats, Ely's been incredible. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, like he's been everything you thought he'd be coming, like coming out of high school as a five-star. Um, I think this will be interesting because of the fact of, Two things Calzada sucks. Okay. Like we, we can say that now he is definitely Steven Garcia 2.0. Um, how's he going to look on the road? Cause you know, Corral's going to get his numbers either way. Right. But I wonder what this game looks like because of the game plan. When you look at A&M on the road, they've only played one game, one true road game this year. That's it. Um, and it was, where was it? It was at Mizzou. So I definitely don't think they're like prepared. I'm not saying that Bob anyway was like a hostile environment, then their other two games away. From it will home that,
0: be that night though. Game day, night game. Oh yeah, they'll be. That's going to be, be tough. Yeah. yeah.
1: So you have um, the other two games that he played away from home were like neutral site games early in the season. The offense only scored ten points in each of those games. I mean, that and that was it. And and we saw the Colorado game how bad they struggled. We saw the Arkansas game how bad they struggled. So will they be able to get Calzada going or they just be running the football? You know, they, is that going to be like the only MO they have on offense because Ole Miss's Defense is still ranked 13th in the conference in rushing defense. Um, the other side of it is the fact that. I, so the game plan for Kiffin, I thought he got way too cute against Bama. Like, I think he, he came into that game. He had a week off and I think he tried to replicate what Florida did, which was just run the football. Because that first drive, I think it was like 14 plays. They they ran like 11, 11 out of 14 plays. Um did not did not seem like a recipe for success, obviously. Um you're not gonna be able to run the football on this AM defense. I you're I mean, they're also ranked second in the conference in in pass defense as well, um, in almost every metric. I I think it'll be a low scoring game, surprisingly. Uh, I'm kind of shocked to see uh what was the line? Is it fifty-five? Of uh, the total
0: is yeah. five and a half. Yeah.
1: So I almost want to take the under on that just because we saw, I mean, Elko's defense has been incredible and they're going to get after the quarterback. Um, so I just, i I'm going to take A&M to win because I think they are riding like a, like a, you know, a lot of momentum right now. And I just think Ole Miss, I don't know which team's going to show up or which players are going to show up. Um, and I tell you what, either way, when you look at, we saw Bo Nix last week and how much he got beat up. I mean, Corral, I don't know if his body can take that right now.
0: Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm going to take a A M to win as well. Um, if this game was Ole Miss plus three, I would like that a lot more, but it's mm-hmm. plus two and a half as, as it stands today. So I'll take A&M there to cover. And, you know, if it gets to three, maybe you, you yeah, back maybe Ole Miss. Up. But, yeah, I, I, I like a and to win the game. All
1: right. This is the game of
0: the week. All right. We'll see. I'm going to, I'll give you my thoughts. You give me yours. Number one, Georgia at Tennessee, three thirty on CBS, Tennessee, 20 point underdogs at home, total 55 and a half. Georgia has already secured their fourth sec title in the past five seasons. Tennessee division
1: title, division title, sir. SEC
0: East title. Yeah. SEC East title, Tennessee coming off a 45, 42 win at then number 18, Kentucky, that ended a 31 game road losing streak against ranked teams for Tennessee. Uh, however, the Vols have dropped their past four meetings with Georgia who have outscored them 84 to 14 over the past two matchups in Knoxville. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, that last one I was out, I remember being out in California for the one in 2017 and it was like 41, nothing or 41 to three. It was brutal. Yeah. Uh,
0: Kirby came out this week following the same script he's always been on, which is, Hey, you know, we're not going to name a starting quarterback last week. Stetson Bennett started the game. He completed 13 of 19 passes for 255 yards and two touchdowns against Missouri. JT Daniels came in after the lead was already 33 to three. He was seven 11 for 82 yards, a touchdown and a pick. I would imagine Bennett will be the starter again. And if Georgia feels comfortable with a lead. Maybe you'll see Daniels in this game. Um the Georgia defense is obviously the story for the whole team. They've they've only given up five touchdowns on the season. The, the opponents That almost seems opponent, high. Yeah. Their opponents are averaging 6.6 points for a game. Um but their offense has been good too. They've scored at least 30 points in each of their last 8 games and and they haven't allowed uh more than 13 that's a pretty good recipe for success there. Hello, no, they haven't um, given up
1: 14 points this season in a game.
0: It's incredible. Um, 14. Hendon Hooker for Tennessee. He's Ooh. been fabulous. Um, mm-hmm. 15 of 20 last week for a career high 316. Four touchdowns against Kentucky. On the year, 21 touchdowns against two picks. I mean, he's he's been great. Yeah. Ty, Tyon Evans. Um, it's, Five hundred twenty-five yards, six touchdowns on eighty-one carries, averaging almost seven yards a clip. Going to be tough to find a hole in the Georgia defense that's ranked second nationally against the run, only giving up eighty yards a game.
1: They 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 did have Missouri did have some some success last week in the first half, rushing like running the football with Tyler Beatty, which was really surprising.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, the defense for Tennessee worries me in this game. They they've allowed Mm -hmm. almost thirty points a game. Um, so you got to think. Okay, Georgia's coming in eight straight games, scoring thirty or more. Tennessee's defense giving up twenty-eight game, points per game. Hold on,
1: real quick, real quick. I'll, on that point, because I was thinking the same thing. But do you think also part of it might be a, a factor of like some of the teams they played, like Pitt? They got well, Florida when Florida was still decent, like like on the road. Bama, Ole Miss. Like the, I also
0: a, think it has something to do with the offense that they have. Yeah, I mean, you, th- you talk about the game last week against K- Kentucky. Didn't they score like 14 points in like 30
1: seconds? 37 seconds, and Kentucky had nine. Kentucky ran 99 plays. Right. So your your
0: defense is on the field a lot with an offense mm-hmm. like like high Um and you can say the same thing about Arkansas and Kendall Brow's offense. Like they want to go quick, they want to score fast, and that it hurts your defense a little bit. But um, I since this is your game of the week, I'm sure you have a a great breakdown. I'm actually, I do think Tennessee will cover this. I mean, I think Tennessee is, is starting to look, they have an identity. They know what they want to do. Um, They're going to hit those explosive plays. I think that I love that it's at home for them. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll take Tennessee to cover. I obviously don't think that they'll win the game, but, they're going to hit some of those explosive plays, I do believe, and I think they'll keep it within 17 points, 14, 17 points.
1: I'm looking at the team totals right now, see if they're if they're out yet um, to bet on because I this game I was I was all in on on this being like an actually close game. You talked about the game being in Nealon on the road. Georgia's another team that has not really played in a hostile environment this season outside of their own. You know, like like their only road games, they went to, like, obviously, Jacksonville, which was basically a home game for them, especially uh, by the fourth quarter. Um, and then you talk about neutral site game against uh, Clemson, and then your only road games are at Auburn and at Vandy. I mean, at Auburn, obviously, is a tough environment to go play in. It says Bennett it has been fantastic at every single turn. Every time you would think he would fail, um, he has not. Uh, and he's just, like, got a stranglehold, I feel like, on, like, the starting job. The other part of that is that Tennessee, the way like the the whole matchup with Dan Lanning and Kirby Smart versus Josh Heupel, Josh Heupel has been incredible to watch this year. And just like his scheming, like people open, you saw what they did against Bama. Like our safeties had no idea what they were doing. Just they were absolutely lost because like how far out like the splits are from like the receivers and, you know, how close they get to the boundary. And you give us so much space in like the field. He does an incredible job of that. They are they they run the football really well. They're a pretty balanced attack. They run the football well, and they obviously like pass the football. I think Hinn has to keep doing what he's been doing because it seems like almost every game he's started has been like three or four touchdowns, no interceptions, you know, seventy percent completion percentage or more. But the big thing is not turning the football over because that's what makes Georgia so fucking good. Is because they they force you into mistakes and they take advantage of those immediately. So if this becomes something that we've seen. Several times in years past. Like I forgot the last time they were kneeling, or I think it was that the night of that Eric Stokes sack, it was zero-zero, I think, or it was like a tie game like halfway through the second quarter. And then make one mistake and Georgia just pours it on. I think it was like 14-0 with like the snap of a finger. Um, I love I love the matchup. Like I said, I, I love Tennessee's offense. The defense, I think those numbers are skewed for the defense. I really do. And I think that they are going to be able to compete with Georgia's offense a little bit like for the first half, especially where I think this game is going to be lost for Tennessee. Um, Cause I was like, I was fully prepared to say this was going to be like a seven point game, just like a dog fight. Mm-hmm. And then I found a stat here saying Tennessee ranks dead last in the SEC or in the, yeah, in the sec in sacks allowed at last um that's not good at uh especially going up against this defense um like they're also 109th in the country in in past defense uh kirby is 29 and 2 in his last 31 games against the sc east with an average margin of victory of 36 13 so by uh 23 points but sacks allowed tennessee 33 sacks allowed in nine games that is a recipe for disaster uh, against this team. So I will say Georgia um, will win. But I i guess the only question for me is, is Tennessee going to score more than 14 points? I think yes. I agree with you. And I will say my Texas Pete hot take of the week because we are still doing those. Okay. Um, not only will Tennessee score over 14 points. They will do it in the first half, possibly the first quarter. 14 in the first quarter. Possibly. Um, and Tennessee will be leading at halftime this Saturday against Georgia, which is a perfect fucking... Th- oh, dang, I shouldn't say said that. It's a perfect thing for Kirby Smart um, to have, like, happen because they haven't really had to face that much adversity. They've just dominated teams, like, from start to finish. Um, this would be a perfect thing... To set up the rest of your season, like being able to get through a little bit of adversity before you get to the playoff, um, when at some point you would assume somebody's going to have to check them, right? Like, like surely they're not just going to coast the entire like entire season, but they have so far.
0: No, it's true. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a good test, and um, I think they ultimately come out victorious. But I would like to see a close game here. I think it'd be great for Tennessee fans to see. Good for a casual fan to watch the game. All right. Fourth and wrong. We brought it yeah. up in the group. There you go. Um, so we're going to go through some of these, pick a couple out. What is the best slash worst birthday you've ever had? Uh, also, this person, which you may know, ask. apparently it's her birthday today, so happy birthday. Do I get drunk and
1: smash my face into
0: cupcakes and skip class
1: for my birthday? Always skip class, yeah. What? Um, yes, that question was from, hold on, we got to figure out what's up. I believe, yeah, it's Michaela Crabtree. Happy birthday, Michaela Crabtree. Um, yeah. one of my favorite people in the group, uh, and one of our favorite listeners. So first off you go, you start. Cause I've got a whole long so so list of my worst my, ones. <laughs> okay.
0: Well, uh, my best birthday was my 30th birthday. My wife surprised you, me with, um, So we we just had a a nice, she she was like, we're going to go on a trip. I'm not going to tell you where it is. And you're going to have to, and she, so she, for my, like when we're opening up gifts with my family, she gives me like warm socks, warm like ski pants. I'm like, all right, sweet. We're going skiing together. Then the second surprise was the day of the flight. She was like, basically told me to close my eyes. And she drove me straight to my best friend's house who actually happens to have the same birthday as me. We pick him and his wife up and like, hey, we're the four of us are going. And I was like, sweet, even better. Um, Still didn't know exactly where we we're going, but I figured it was probably Colorado. And then we get to the uh airport and there's like four or three more couples of our friends that met us there as a surprise. We all flew to Breckenridge, had a sweet cabin up there, went Your skiing. Birthday. Yep, it was a lot of fun.
1: So my my 30th birthday, birthday, um, I was going through a breakup with a different ex. And I remember, uh, going up to my favorite bar one night, I was like kind of in a mood and I, I, I sent out a text, like to our group thread with like my best friends, like from college, like rich and Jeff and all them. And you know, like in that thread, everyone has real lives besides me. So you rarely get like an immediate response from anyone. I threw out the idea of my 30th birthday. What if we all went to new Orleans? Um, it's idea. cause I'd never been, it'd be a lot of fun. And I, I really need to get out of town, just get away from everything within five minutes, every single person in that thread responded. No. <laughs> so I'm up at diesel and, and one of my other best friends, Ted is, is up there and I love Ted to death. He's just not the most responsible person. Um, and he has, he was, he's terrible on my birthday. He's, he's fucked it up every single time he's ever been involved. Um, and my buddy Justin and I was like, I told him, I was like, yeah, you know, they just kind of like threw it, you know, they, they passed, they didn't want to go and he's like, well, we're going to go up to like Nashville next week and then we're going like on a week vacation. Why don't we just go there? Um, and we'll just meet you there. I'm like, yeah, that'd be awesome. Uh, that did not happen because I had to end up coming back early for work. So we went to Biloxi Mm. on my 30th birthday for a day and a half. Um, Mm. And it was the worst, Tyler. It was the worst.
0: Like Biloxi is the worst? I've heard it's
1: great. Yeah, it's, I did not have that experience. Um, mm-hmm. th- it was just not, I think it was like partially because of the people I was with. And also, um, like I got there first and had to like put the like the room on my card. And they extended the stay. Mm. And so they charged me on that. And I'd already lost like all my money gambling. And it was just not my favorite. I looked fantastic, but it was not my favorite. Um so that was one of them. I'd say the other one when I was eleven, my dad and my stepmom and my mom and my stepdad both were at our like my birthday dinner, and my dad and my um, stepdad got me the same gift, um, mm-hmm. which was a big fucking ordeal because <laughs> it was like a baseball bat. It was like, which one are you gonna choose? So that was a lot of fun um, for the next year. Best birthday. This is gonna sound so lame. Well, 12, I went to Qzar and played laser tag and got a bunch of baseball cards. That was a lot of fun. Oh, hell yeah.
0: I, I did yeah. Qzar for one of my birthdays. That's awesome. That place was sick. For you, that place for was you guys, awesome, right? For you guys that aren't in the, I think it's just an Atlanta thing, or probably not, doesn't exist anymore, but it was like a,
1: yeah, it was like a laser tag place. Yeah. And then like in that same little shopping center, there was a, like a baseball card shop. Oh, and so best. every time I would open up like a gift and there was money in it, I just went right back down to the baseball card shop and spent all of my money there, um, which is a really good way to invest uh, your money. If you don't have NFTs, definitely just get, you know, FLIR uh, 96. (laughs) Um, So that was a lot of fun. And then uh, when I was 21, your boy Jason King and two of our friends, we drove to see OAR, (laughs) which at the time was my favorite band. And I'm embarrassed to say it now, but it was fucking awesome at the time. Uh, I loved OAR
0: and I still like them.
1: Uh, no, I, no
0: i'm not embarrassed by it
1: well either way um we drove to davidson north carolina saw him front row with the roots the roots open for him oh I that's put, cool i didn't even know who they were and they were obviously like a thousand times better than oar um yeah so that was a lot of fun that was my 21st i just birthday. saw jason this week
0: we had lunch together oh, that's nice i, I yeah.
1: have not okay um <laughs> i'll send you guys a text if you guys want to go to bluxy all right those are mine next question all
0: right uh furthest you've ever driven for something ridiculous uh um, our concert yeah, this person great. I his uh, example was he drove four hours round trip at 11 30 at night because you forgot his putter at home which is an essential thing to have if you're gonna play golf i suppose yeah um i was trying to think about this i mean one of the most ridiculous experiences i've had is driving from tallahassee to valdosta to go see Corey Smith in concert at a mellow mushroom Jesus Christ, and uh, ended up having too many cocktails and on the way back had to pull over on the highway and uh, I think I had must've had the flu or something because <laughs> I got very sick along the highway. Um, but I don't know. I, I I didn't have a good answer for that, but that was one like, If you remember Corey Smith, that
1: was like the old time
0: Atlanta kid.
1: I remember (laughs) one time he played at Capitol city in Milledgeville and I paid $10. I was like blackout drunk. I was a total asshole at the time. And I paid just to go in there and I booed him the entire time. (laughs) Just the, I swear to you, like the, from the side of the stage, that guy was awful. Also, I was a total douchebag for doing that, but, um, I don't know if I've ever driven like a crazy amount out of the way for something. I'm sure I have, but like, I will say that we were going on a guy's trip for July 4th, Topsail Beach, before Rich got deployed the second time. And uh, Jeff was driving, and he was going to get off work at 5. We were going to go after that. Our other two friends from out of town came in at, like, noon. So we just started drinking, like, immediately. Um, and I just remember, like, we were at Walmart. We are getting a bunch of booze and all this other stuff. We had, like, a $150 of of stuff. but We were in the 10 items or less line, and everyone was very upset with us. And then we decided to, like, make a bunch of PB&Js and then put them back into the bread, like, oh, proper. Because yeah. I thought that was, like, Stor-
0: yeah, just storm very,
1: very efficient, right? It was not. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we get in the car. Jeff's, like, furious already because we're all, obviously, really drunk and annoying. And he sets, like, the, the address and the GPS. And all I know is we have to go through South Carolina. And that's where my family lives. And I'm very familiar with the state. Tell him to turn it off. I was like, I got it. Don't worry about it. And he's like, "You know where we're going?" I was like, "Yeah, of course, dude. It's like my state." We end up driving. Like it said, like it was, we were going to be there at like ten thirty. We start driving, and then like we, I don't know, around twelve thirty, he turns the GPS back on because he's like, "It's obviously taking longer than he thought," and <laughs> we're all still really drunk and annoying the shit out of him. And he turns it back on, and it says arrival time three thirty in the morning. Oh. <laughs> So the way we were supposed to go is just straight through 20 and then take a ride in Florence, which is like, if you go to Columbia and then Florence is 70 miles, just a straight shot. My dumbass ass was like, we got to go, we got to go to 95. So let's just take 26 over, which is takes you to Charleston, mm-hmm. like two and a half hours away. And then up, which was like another hour and a half. He was fucking <laughs> furious. Um, <laughs> So I took us five hours out of the way with my shortcuts Uh, as I knew the state and they have not let me forget about it ever since. Unreal. Yeah. Um, Last last one here.
0: Uh, What's your opinion on Christmas stuff in November? No. My personal opinion, I'm all for it. Um, I think it's got to happen like right after Thanksgiving though, like towards the end of November. Um, My wife though, her birthday is November 18th. So it's next week. Her favorite holiday is Thanksgiving. So it is an absolute, like she does not want Christmas infringing on her birthday and Thanksgiving. So we're not even close to getting ready for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yet. It's for, the day uh, after
1: Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. It's gotta be the day after Thanksgiving. 100%. I, and that's fine. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm down for that. So There you go. All right. Um, Uncensored moment of the week. This I just thought this was funny. Gary Patterson, former TCU coach. Um, obviously he was let go. Uh, they said there's a mutual split. Um, but a lot like, like Allie and I, it was not. So it was, you could say whatever you want, Gary, but listen, you're going to be in the basement with me soon. So Gary Patterson though, um, just, he's been there for 21 years. I don't know if he, I didn't know, know that there. he was even on the hot seat. Uh, yeah. It, like first off, he's just also, one day gone. Look at him and Kirby smart. Cause he is just 55 year old Kirby smart. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's I the same person. Um, but he apparently told his team that they would never fire him, um, said some very confident, overconfident, arrogant things, and then was subsequently fired on a Sunday. And then Monday morning, in a move that was just one of the boldest of bold. Electric. He showed up for work and started helping with the game plan for Baylor, and then they fucking beat Baylor. <laughs> Rehired. I mean, like, yeah. It just... I just I, I really hope he and Coach O get to play each other in a bowl game this year. Oh, um, best two electric personalities. But like, also, if you lost your job I and mean, then you show up the next day to help game plan and you beat that team, there's no way you handle that with like any class, right? No,
0: no. I, I truly do hope they face each other in a bowl because two unemployed coaches that are awesome. coaching in the game. You're, you're talking fake punts. Oh yeah, hail marys on second down within the first quarter. Getting
1: your girlfriend's uh, kids out there and, and actually on punt team, right? Yeah, Jerry, fantastic. Jerry
0: kill out here. You know, trying not. Well, I don't want to go there. No. Um, okay, but yeah, pretty funny. Uh, Coach O himself had an interesting week uh, during that Alabama game. Like, I don't quite for him, man. Know if he was like, I don't know if he was high on drugs and didn't know where he was. High on drugs.
1: I don't know if he was high on the drugs, but, um, yeah, he was very animated on the sidelines, but I mean like shoot your shot, man. Like you're going to be unemployed very soon. So anyway, yeah. Um, we have a special segment coming up after this. Cause this show hasn't been long enough yet. Uh, me and our producer, Dan Matthews, I didn't ask you to do this cause I didn't know if you watched Yellowstone. I don't, but I want Why?
0: to, um, I went on, I went on Peacock to see kind of just what, what, was ahead of me because I don't have a ton of time to to catch up on TV these days. And it said it don't they only had seasons two and three. Where, where's season one? Like I'm not gonna start at
1: season two. Check off your butt. Oh, sick dude. Yeah, there you go. Suck it, bro. Um, yeah, but for real, if I can
0: find season one, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch. I just I, I didn't know what was going on there.
1: When the show when your power went out on Sunday and we mm-hmm. had like that like brief moment um, where like we didn't know what to do, I went and turned on the TV. Because I was like, I assumed that you were coming back, and then I didn't think we were going to get Yellowstone. I've been like been upset for weeks, and we did. And now I kind of feel—I don't want to jinx it—but I kind of feel like we might be, we might be back a little bit. Yeah, yeah, a little confidence boost. I don't know why, because I had nothing to do with me. But there you go. All right, so so stay tuned for that, or don't. We love you guys, and we will talk to you next week. What
0: hotline? Oh yeah, call the hotline. Call the hotline. Give us your thoughts. Let's go. We'll play them next um,
1: week. All right. We are now joined by a very special guest. Um, listen, let's just be honest. You gave me a fake name last time, and I don't remember what, what it is.
2: I, I can't even remember it either. It's it, You know what? Here. Let's just go ahead and just – I'll self-dox myself – I'm nice. basically Stanford. I'm basically Stanford Steve for this show as well. It's Dan Matthews.
1: Yeah. Um, don't say this show as well. Like it's a bad thing. Um, no, no, Dan Matthews no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm at, not saying um, as
2: as well. I'm saying, you know, Hey, you're, you're SVP, man. How can I slight you?
1: I appreciate that. Cause I am, my, my hair is, is definitely receding. So I'm kind of nervous about that. Um, so you've had a pretty good couple of weeks. I mean, I know you're a Houston Astros fan. You're also an LSU yeah. fan. Uh, so Dan works, obviously helps with us and, and does a thousand different things. Um, and then also works at 6A to the Fan here in Atlanta. And and also just casually host a radio show every now and then.
2: Yeah, every once in a while, they'll throw me a bone and say, hey, why don't you uh, host a show, you and Jordan DeArmond, or, uh, you know, uh, maybe you and Sean Nerney, somebody like that. And, you know, I say, hey, why not? Uh, hopefully I don't embarrass us. Well, you guys can go to the World Series, which is cool. Pretty awesome, yeah. Pretty fun, and and that's the thing too is the the split interest World Series. Yeah, uh, sometimes can be fun, uh, but uh, also too uh, can be you know where it's like "Mm, someone's got to lose, and that sucks. But I will say this: being a part of the parade on Friday, it was pretty awesome. So if that's really the worst that comes of it in terms of me being an Astros fan, then I'll take it. It's, it's all good because it was just awesome to see just like how just geeked everybody was. on Friday.
1: It was awesome, man. Um, okay. So we brought you on because you share a love of mine, um, that I I feel like everyone has to love. Tyler doesn't watch the show. Um, my, my, uh, host family doesn't watch the show, which is shocking to me. Yellowstone premiered this this Sunday, and it is probably the best fucking show on TV. And I say TV because Ted Lasso is on HBO. Sure, um, two I mean two very different shows. But mm-hmm. so we're going to talk about the premiere. Uh, this has nothing to do with football, except we are going to discuss a little bit of comparisons for right every character as an SEC team or person. Mm-hmm. So there you go. You want to start? What did you think yeah. of the show?
2: Oh, dude. I mean, you want to talk about just an absolute cannon shot, cannon shot for a debut, because I do love how they did tease that it was going to be revenge and everything. Yeah, I just didn't expect to get the bang for the buck, like immediately at the beginning where you get that John somehow in his blood writes out what the description of the van was and where they were going. And Rip is able to get that description to Casey Casey's going about 120 in his Dodge Ram truck and just absolutely crushes these guys. And that then guy I would have been starts. dead a
1: thousand percent. Uh, I mean,
2: dude, not, not only that, I mean, you talked about this too, like where it's just like the six guys that jumped out of that van, It's like, number one, not even half of you are buckled up oh, and right. not only buckled up, like, that much force hitting you like that you're dead well, like there, there's 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 maybe one guy that's able to kind of like stumble out of the truck like maybe a little bit but like that hot. happened yeah yeah it's like everybody is like able to come out and like start like laying out like military grade like cover fire like yeah come on right it's not happening
1: so so i was watching it again today um and we should have said this at the beginning but yeah a lot of spoiler alerts here i watching it again today and what i thought was hilarious i didn't pick up on it the first time is they're like, I don't know, several minutes into this shootout, and then all of a sudden, the guy bangs on the side of the, the van. He's like, hey, we need your help. And yeah. the guy just comes out unscathed, and he's like, yeah, oh, here I am. Like, what the fuck are you doing the whole time, dude?
2: Um, like, yeah, like, that was like almost – but like almost like it's like a royal rumble or something of like, hey, who could be in the back of the arena? Right. Oh, here here comes here, no here comes Brad- Yeah, here, here comes Bradshaw running down the ramp it's, right here. Like, it no, was, it's not happening.
1: There's a couple of things that happened in this episode, and I'm like, I'm not gonna be negative about it, but there was some a couple of like that was weird. Also, so when Tate and what's her name? Um, Monica, like they're at the house, whatever, they're trying to get to the bunkhouse. Right. And somebody, she runs into like one of the bad guys, obviously. And they get into like a scuffle. He reaches for the gun. He's about to shoot her. And all of a sudden he gets shot. And they pan over and it's her son, Tate. And we're like, fuck yes, right. Tate. Um yeah. But who, the who guy is, was still who, alive who, who, and holding a gun. If, if,
2: if, yeah. If, if I could jump in really quick, like who is aged like three years now. Oh, yeah. Tate like went from like being like probably like four foot tall to now, like all of a sudden he's like Monica's height. Like, right. I mean, I, I get it. He's, he's a growing boy, but, but yeah, I mean, just an absolute, like just shotgun shot. And I was like, whoa yeah, he's not getting up from that.
1: But, but again, but he was still holding a gun and he was alive and then just nothing happened. So I, I I'm reading too much into it. I, I, I know. Um, no one thing. No. What do you mean?
2: No, no, I don't, I don't think you are because I mean, if we want to go down this road with the, the conspiracy theories oh boy, is that, that, I mean, there is not like conspiracy theories, like QAnon or something like that. But like, I'm saying like, like conspiracy theories, like of like, people believe that the show is going to take a hell of a turn. And I don't know if I'm really ready for it. And I don't think most people who are fans of the show are no. really ready for it.
1: I mean, it's, it's like somebody's it's, you know, I brought Ted Lasso earlier, like Nate, ends up being like, like the heel at the end of the season. Like at some point you have to switch it up. Like you can't just, everything can't be a happy ending, especially in this show. Um, Right. But I will say the worst, the single worst thing that's ever been said or written in this show in the like three plus years that they've been doing it. And I was just violently offended the scene where they're at the bar and Beth is like telling us basically just like empowering this woman. And she walks off and she like decides she's going to stand up to her husband. And she's like, get me a drink. Or she's like, like, get me a fucking drink. Cause he was asking her for one. Yeah, and she yeah. storms off. She's like, where's my beer? Any margarita Tito's? And I was like, what? <laughs>
2: so that, yeah. I mean, I think anybody who has either been in mixology or has uh, drank you know, a drink been, before. In yeah, general. exactly. Like where it's like one of those where it's like Tito's in a margarita. Like that's kind of one of those where the creator of the show, or I guess the co-creator, the guy that's also going to do uh, the Mayor of Kingstown, or oh yeah, uh, whatever, what, whatever. The is that the one they is. show the commercial
1: for? Like eighty-seven yeah, fucking yeah. times.
2: That's that's like uh, Coach Coach Eric Taylor and all them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was also part of um, uh, Sons of Anarchy, from what I understand. Ooh. So like, he's got he's got to know like Southwest culture right there. Right. So I got to feel like at a table read, he has to like see that. And hear that and say whoa 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 like we're huge in Texas we're huge in Arizona we're huge in California right this just in those three states probably drink a lot of margaritas so you hear like that thrown out there hey. people like me and you are going to be like Tito's it took like, me a second what? I was
1: because it's, it's such a really good show and so well written and all that kind of stuff it was just it surprised me but um, it's not a big deal either way I think. Yeah. Um, Okay, so going towards the end of the show, and I was, like, freaking out because I, I didn't realize it was going to be two hours, um, so I was very disappointed when it first... Like, the first show ends, and Rip just takes, like, a Lunchable down to that douchebag named Rourke with the worst hair ever and the worst first name, and then throws a fucking rattlesnake on him out of this, like, igloo cooler... I mean, like, what was it? Like, the Playmate lunchbox? It was ridiculous. Yeah.
2: I think, I think it was igloo was what it was. So that's the thing is I was talking with somebody about that today is like, you go up and, you know, if you see rip and you don't know him, yeah, it's bad news. Like, I mean, it, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's very much, uh, Silvio, he's very much Polly Walnuts, Sopranos for everybody out there. I know we're kind of crossing streams there, but if you see him, it's bad news. So the fact that he was going down there and he's, Hey, excuse me, sir. You know, like I have this, I either thought it was one of two things. I thought that it was going to be someone's severed head to right. kind of like prove to the guy, like, Hey, get the hell out of he here. To The wrong like, person. I'm-. Exactly. I thought it was going to be that, or I thought he was just going to beat the hell out of the guy and then like hold his head under the water and drown him. Right. I did not, however, see Ra- rowdy, the rattlesnake jumping out, jumping out of the, uh, the cooler and-, and smoking the guy right in the face.
1: Which pretty awesome, pretty awesome way to kill somebody because um, you had to catch yeah. that rattlesnake first off. Um, second off. OK, so you go into the second episode. They start to collect themselves. Fucking I forgot about this whole storyline with Jamie's like adopted and he's going to be a giant fucking douchebag. Um, but he he's kind of in a douchebag the whole time. So it doesn't I mean, it's kind of like par for the course. A snake. Uh, I,
2: I mean, like, as we were just talking about snakes, I mean, he's, he's very right. much a snake. He's without a doubt. I, I, I would say he's more of a garter snake. He does he doesn't have real much fangs, uh, right. but he can bite you. Uh, he can still cause trouble for you. So probably still
1: going to scare me either way, just cause I hate snakes. Um, but yeah, it's not like a scare, like, like a rip. So um, that being said, so I, I wrote down Jamie, like comparing some of these, this cast. To SEC teams or people. Jamie is either Vol or Florida Twitter.
2: Ooh, you know what? I, I might even go wildcard here on Twitter because a group that I don't think gets enough credit for, for being, being awful. Yeah. Um, Old Miss Twitter can be pretty ruthless. Really? Yeah. Old Miss Twitter sometimes can come at you with some stuff. But you know what? For the sake of argument, I, I'll stay with you on this. I'm going to go Vol Twitter because you mean fall like, Twitter? that's the thing. Yeah, Vol, Vol Twitter, because I'll I, I also say this too. I mean, Vol Twitter also came at me and called me a Georgia homer.
1: Oh, yeah, that's true.
2: You know, so I mean, I, clearly I'm such a Georgia homer. He's wearing a yellow this, LSU if, shirt. It, yeah, if you watch Gold, sir. They called gold. me a lot, a lot worse than that.
1: Um, I, but yeah. I feel like it almost has to be Florida, though, because, then I never thought I would say this at this point of the season and where we are in life. I think Tennessee has more redeeming qualities than Florida does currently.
2: The the season is definitely going better for, for Vol fan than it is going for Gator fan. <sighs> um, the, the one, and, and, and I'll give a personal shout out here. Uh, the one who probably needs to recalibrate their Twitter account is the one who needles at 1980 for Georgia. All the time. Now I yeah. get it. We na, get it. Na, na, yeah. Yeah. Now, now I get it. Like, you know, it hasn't happened yet and all those different types of things, but it's like also too, it's like, bro, your season is such a dumpster fire. Yeah. That like no matter what happens to Georgia in these final three plus weeks of the season, it's not even going to hold a candle to no. what you just, what, well, what yeah, you quarterback's
1: just getting doing. injured during the electric slide and the Cupid shuffle and like the, like the holiday end the night before the game. Um, okay. So I had, this is, I'll just read them off. Yeah. That was Jamie Monica is Vandy because she's fucking always around. And she, she just never does anything positive. Like she, she never does anything that you want her to do. It, it's always some issue with her and it just, Oh, she just bothers me so much. Um, okay. Jimmy, uh, I put his Mizzou okay. because he is definitely an outsider. Um, does not fit in very well. But he's also, like, sneaky good at things. Like, from Missouri, it's, like, journalism and 2013 football, I guess. Um, yeah. And then, and this is honestly my favorite. So Lloyd is, is Sam Pittman. Oh, yeah. Right? Absolutely. I feel like that one makes, a, like, a ton of sense. Yeah. Um, Casey is Kentucky. And here's why. Because, like, he's a prominent figure. We're never not pulling... For Casey. Nobody's ever pulling against Kentucky. Right. You know what I mean? Um, And also, they're a little bit more relevant this year. But that, that could probably be tinkered. Obviously, John is Bama or Saban. But Rip, mm-hmm. like, I was trying to figure out who Rip is because I feel like he's my favorite character. I know this one. I said 2019 Cocho
2: okay. Or
1: 2019 Joe Burrow.
2: Yeah, I, I, I could see Burrow. Because I, I think you got to go with the gutsy players. So, yeah. I actually... When you broached this this subject with me, I actually thought about this, and I threw this out on Twitter the other day. I got receipts. Wes Blankenship, you want to go find it, you oh, yeah. find it. Um, it. It's there where I said that Zach Calzada is ripped. Oh, Jesus I mean, Christ. That is – what the
1: – what? But,
2: here, but, I mean, you have a guy who had his ankle twisted up and goes back out there, leads the final drive against Bama. You have a guy whose shoulder comes out of place. They pop it back in. Goes back out there and beats Auburn the other day. Like I kind of feel like you know we beat it, it, Auburn or did
1: that defense beat Auburn?
2: The the defense did, but but here's the other thing is though too is backup quarterback who became the starter by necessity, but right. still as well the forgotten guy. Rip has been the forgotten guy. I mean, when he first got there, they put him underneath the house. Stop eating the damn sandwich, son. yes yeah, so Listen weird. To me, all that, you know, just like basically, you got to earn your keep around here if you're going to live on the Dutton Ranch, right? And not only that, then it was also too when it came time to name who the heir apparent to the ranch was going to be, that it was going to be Casey. When they thought, hey, you know what? It's Rip. He's earned it. Casey doesn't want this. Because Casey life. wasn't even
1: around at that point.
2: Exactly. Right. So once once Casey decided, hey, I want to be part of the family again. I'm going to move the, the, the kid and the wife back, back on the ranch and rip. Remember, you know, he's walking out, there's beer in the fridge, all right. that. So, so I feel like it's, it's kind of rip.
1: Um, I'm just grossly offended by that comp. So, I mean, cause he has one good game and he's been miserable ever since then. And rip is like such a, like a mainstay in every single episode and a huge that impact train goes um, one way. That's I, yeah. I, that's,
2: that's 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 my favorite. That's my fra- favorite rip line. Hey, we're not we're not worried about this guy coming back, huh? Nope, that train goes one way. He
1: kills, and I'm gonna say it, an unreasonable amount of people.
2: Yeah.
1: It's it's a little. I mean, like a little much. Um, <laughs> he's
2: a he, he's, he, he's a stone cold killer with a heart. I mean, because obviously he's got a heart for Beth, and then even too like for the kid, because like if you honestly no. thought he was gonna let the kid go away.
1: I did because he was a so rip was a giant piece of shit to that kid that, that like after a while, it's like, can you just, I, I understand the tough love thing, but like, I assumed right. he was going to like, take him in, you know, have a cold shoulder. It's be like, you know, like, when like a, a fucking middle-aged dad gets like a dog, they don't, they don't want in quotes and right. it's like, well, you better, it's going to be your responsibility. And then all of a sudden they end up loving the dog. It's like their favorite thing in the
2: they're, world. They're the ones. Yeah. That's what
1: I assumed was going to happen. And it was not the case.
2: Well, but here's the thing, though, too, is, I mean, you got to see it, Marler. You got to see it.
1: It's, it's the same person. It's, it's him. It, it
2: is the same person. I mean, the, the dad's terrible. Both of their dads were awful. I mean, Rip helped get rid of his dad right. and this kid, you know, I mean, telling his dad the same deal. Like, they oh, that both was hated lot. their yeah. dads. Yeah, like, where he was just, like, where where she was like, do you want to say like some final words to your dad? Yeah, sure. I hate you. You're terrible. Like you're heroin. I'll see you
1: addict. in like, hell. It was like, yeah. Whoa, I, see, I, yeah. can, I can identify with this kid, but I assume that rip would have been the, like if, since they had the same upbringing, right. Right. I would have assumed that he would have leaned more towards, okay, I can like be different than this.
2: Maybe here, here's, here's the football angle of it. Maybe oh, that's the coach. Maybe that's the coaching maybe it's a, Hey, I had a coach who did this to me. Oh yeah. This, this kid reminds me of me when I was younger. So now I'm the coach. I'm going to ruin his life. I I'm, I'm going, I'm going to, to put him through the same thing and see if he responds to truly know if he's like me.
1: Right. Oh, I, I mean like, it's also just basic, uh, like therapy. Um, you just hurt people, hurt people. And that's exactly what he's doing. But, that's yeah. fine. We don't see any. So the only ones here's here's what I need help with. Mm-hmm. Who's Rourke? Who's Chief Thomas? Who's Walker? And who is the fuck is Beth? Because Beth is my favorite character, maybe of all time. She's broken home uh, Taylor Swift, and she's so hot. And she is the worst person. But I feel like I'm in like the majority where I would absolutely let her ruin my life.
2: Yeah. It, but you know, here's the thing though, too, is like, I think that with Beth now, like we're, you know, her whole line the other night of I'm the rock that therapists break themselves against or whatever, or like what whatever she said, which of course to me and Megan, my girlfriend, love Megan. Uh, she, uh, she pointed out the, the no, thank you for not smoking. That was the best right there on the bench. And she's Perfect. just going, she, she's just going Marlboro light time right there. And then the kid, Hey, can I have one too? Um, but did you notice though, like how like she really truly like loves the thought of like potentially being Susie Homemaker?
1: Oh yeah, yeah I mean hey, the I Hamburger made, Helper made, thing was
2: hilarious. I made I made Hamburger Helper with actual Hamburger Helper this time.
1: I mean it's hard to fuck up Hamburger Helper, and I also I I kind of expect them to have a little bit nicer. Like, I didn't expect me to be going to a Whole Foods, but I thought, like, you know, something nicer than Hamburger Helper. They are absolutely, like, they're multimillionaires. What are you getting well, fucking Hamburger Helper?
2: They're they're on a ranch. So, I mean, yeah, True. you got to figure that, that if nothing else, I mean, there's plenty of beef. There's There's got to be, yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe even some backstrap, because, I mean, I got to believe that a, a deer elk hunt has happened, right. too. Uh, but let's see, Beth, Beth, Beth. Um, Could be given. Yeah, I, I I could see I could see that. Uh, I could also see too. Uh, I'm trying to think who's who's out there that uh, you you would say. Man, I mean, because because I feel like like Dan's like not hot enough. Dan Mullen's not hot enough to like be.
1: No, um, absolutely not. Don't what is wrong with
2: you right now? Zach Calzada
1: and Dan Mullen?
2: Yeah, but uh, yeah, let's go Lane because you know I mean that it's one sense. of those. Uh, left, came back, uh, came back even better. You know, he's yeah. he's he he truly is the bigger bear now. You know, I mean, Because remember that too. What she said the other night, where I am the bigger bear. Yeah. Um. She's so, terrible. oh, she is. She is. You, you, and my dad. You, you, you and my dad are, are are big Beth fans.
1: Listen, I have a thing for redheads in general, and um, mm. also being treated poorly, as uh, most of you can tell from. <laughs> The things that unfolded in this off season um but that first season because i was like i can't tell if she's attractive or not in the there was some one of the episodes she just got butt ass naked went out to this like giant number two wash tub and decided to just take a bath and i was like yeah that's soulmate right there love it yeah
2: love it. that that was uh like when they're like there were workers there or something oh yeah right? and then they yeah. were they were kind of like whoa like what are you doing because of course the workers are like hey All right. Awesome. I thought the thrill of my day was getting my turkey sandwich out of my igloo cooler. Now I know exactly what it is.
1: I honestly, I was a little bit worried because of like her checkered sexual past. Let's be honest here, guys. We're adults. I didn't know if she was going to fuck that kid or try to raise him for like first off.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I I, felt like it was one of those where, like, obviously, you know, her and Rip are are, are inseparable at this point, especially right. now that she's come back from Salt Lake City. So I felt like, from the beginning, the optimistic in me was, mm-hmm. well, sh- she knows that this is Rip 2.0. Right. That this, she this even is said a chance... It. Yeah, that this, this is a chance to raise their own Rip Jr. So... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's but you want
1: to do like if you can if you have the opportunity to raise a kid with daddy issues um, and then give him even more daddy issues like you definitely want to do that. So no,
2: no stealing. That's what I love.
1: He like they got the fact that he like there's no way they don't have an extra room in that fucking house. And he put him like I don't even know where like in like a fallout shelter like from Twister if you're trying to like hide from a fucking tornado. Well,
2: that, but, but that's what they did to rip. Remember when, when I know. Rip first so don't there. do
1: it to someone else.
2: <laughs> But but it's this this is very much this is very much cosa nostra. This is very much what the mafia does in terms of you want to be made. Well, we you you got to prove that you can be made. I mean, the hey, the Rip awesome has to die,
1: know man. that that he is like that. His upbringing and, and his path to where he's at is not ideal. I mean, just you know, such a couple of things. Maybe give him like besides a cot, maybe like a mattress. I don't know or a sleeping bag.
2: The, the kid is definitely going to get the the wide to the chest. Like it's, yeah, it's, that's, that's, that's going to come in in year two. Uh, uh, when, when kind of, when kind of like, uh, Casey's son, he's a little older, right? Uh, he'll, he'll, he'll get the Yellowstone wide. I agree chest. with that. Yeah. Um, that all
1: right. Fun. Let's close out with this. Uh, big weekend of games this weekend. You're an obviously an LSU Van Yellow Arkansas. Give me a prediction. Give me one bold prediction. Give me a prediction for LSU, Arkansas. Um, and give me one hot take or bold prediction. And then one upset.
2: I think LSU, Arkansas, this is a chance for Garrett Nussmeyer to pull Mm -hmm. a, uh, Max Johnson from last year where he has a heck of a game in his appearance in the game. And then everybody out there is saying, Oh, it's Garrett Nussmeyer. Right. Like like Garrett, Garrett, Garrett Nussmeyer has got to be the guy going forward. So I think that it does have a little bit of Florida vibes, especially too, uh, where Arkansas is already in a bowl game. Mm -hmm. And I understand that they want to, you know, be able to uh, increase, you know, at least make their season a little bit better than people thought it could be. But uh, I think LSU wins this game. I really do. And, do and and, and, And it's not just, it's not just me wearing the purple and gold. It's that I think that, I think it's twofold. I think that there is motivation because it's also as well. Chuck Oliver brought this up on the show today and I, and I thought it was, I love Chuck. Oh, he's the best. He's the best. Um, it is, He brought up where he said, you got to give Ed credit for how he's handling the quarterback situation mm-hmm. because he's handling it like a coach who would still be there because it's a, what's going to be best for LSU. Not in a lot of people in his Yeah. Not a lot of people in his position would do that. So, I think that there is enough confidence from last week of saying we should have beat those guys mm-hmm. if they had better quarterback play and better offensive play calling. Probably would have won. Nope. Yep. But I I, th- I think that back home uh, in Tiger Stadium, I think there's I, I think there's gonna be momentum. I think it's a 7:30 kick. I it's think a, It's it is. a night
1: game in Baton Rouge.
2: There you go. There yeah. you go. It's it's set, it's setting up. So you win this week, you win next week against uh, UL Monroe. And it's you're, not an easy game. Trust me. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, trust me. I, uh, but, but it's one of those, you win those, you at least give yourself a 13th game, go into the off season. It's time for the new one. So yeah. uh, I, I, I would say that one. Um, I think that the, the, um, the bold prediction this week, ah, uh, man, I would say the bold prediction for me is new mexico state no i'm kidding uh that's not even going to be close to they added. have to cover uh, right uh, i would think so it's like 46 and a half it's
1: 55 it, or
2: well Woo, man that is unreal just don't give it a um, line
1: i don't i mean
2: yeah I, I i mean i i thought games i mean i guess they're an fbs opponent so yeah um gosh let me see so I mean, kind of on the spot here, you know, like in in terms of uh, I'm trying to remember exactly like what we got this week. All right, let's so you see. You got SC South Carolina, just...
1: Mizzou, Tennessee, Georgia. I mean, like, what do you think about Tennessee, Georgia? Because I I think Tennessee is going to put up the most points that anyone has on Georgia all year.
2: I, I think there is that uh, that twenty on the road. I mean, I think Georgia wins this one by more than two scores. Yeah, we'll I, I, I think I, yeah, I think there's that, but I think that it would be a thirty-four twenty or forty-one. 41- to 24 type of game right um that's that's how I could see that uh I guess the only bold prediction that I could really see this week is that I don't think that AM has the offense to beat Ole Miss really yeah I don't think they do I can see that I, yeah I I think that if you put up quarterbacks against quarterbacks and you tell me one guy is head and shoulders above the other then I think that Ole Miss has got it and I'm seeing two and a half for am seeing 25 for AM. I I would take Ole Miss plus the points in that game. I, I I think that that one at home, and it's also, too, it's another one for Lane, and mm-hmm. the unfortunate one for them is to lose that game at Auburn last week because how weird would it have been, Marler, if we're talking right now and you would have had an Alabama team that needed to win last week against uh, LSU, which they did, but then needed to go to jordan Hare Stadium, which at times has not been great.
1: They've lost three or four.
2: But my point is, is how weird would it have been? Like, we could have been talking about this game right here mm-hmm. of being the game for the SEC West. Like, yeah. Aside from Georgia, the SEC has drunk this year.
1: I see, honestly, I think it's, it like, it's been fun having more parity. You have five teams in the West that are ranked and also bowl eligible already. You have seven teams bowl eligible already overall. A couple other five-win teams. I mean, like like South Carolina, Mizzou. Um, I, I mean, the beginning of the season, uh, you know, we, we do the bowl projections every week at SCS, and it was like, I remember reading one of them and it was like South Carolina, Arkansas. I mean, it was everyone. It was like 11 or 12 teams. And I was like, who the fuck is doing this? Because there's no way they're going to get this many teams in there. And here we are and they're going to. So, all right, Dan, um, thank you so much for joining us and all the hard work you do since you still have to produce the show. Oh, yeah. No,
2: I, I appreciate it. And I, I hope everybody at the beginning liked uh, of our segment the, uh, the Yellowstone theme song there because I, I felt like we couldn't talk this, we, we couldn't talk this without the, the, the which if you ever watch too that they actually did do a whole like symphony orchestra with Shut up. Of, of like uh, of like the strings and like the conductor like you right. know, pointing pointing to this group right here. This group right here really hit it home. And all that, like yeah, yeah it, it makes it even better. And I mean, I, I think about it every single week with the oil derricks and 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 the bull whose whose hoof hits the ground at a certain point.
1: You did yeah. not pay that much attention to that. I, I did not realize. I love
2: it. I love That's it. Awesome. I, I I absolutely do. I I actually um I have I've had a conversation with a couple of Braves players last week who I know are Yellowstone fans. Mm-hmm. And um I, I'm trying to convince them for the 2022 season. Oh. one pitcher one hitter either of the two i want them to work it out between each other but yellowstone theme That like you come you come to the plate da, 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 da. And yeah we, i would have to go the- with
1: uh what do you call it i'd probably have to go with um growing pains because that fucking guitar riff and growing pains is absolute banger and i'm not even making a joke right now <laughs>
2: No, nobody see, and that's the thing is like we're talking about theme music, and most shows don't do theme music now. Like, that that's that's what was beautiful about the 70s, 80s, and 90s is the theme music of shows.
1: Show me that smile. Show me that's. I mean, honestly, it was like on my iPod for like way too long. I'll be honest. R. R-, um, R-, 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 R- I. P. Alan Thick. Oh God, we're gonna end on a bad note. All right, well, R. I. P. No, Rourke no, and no. Alan Thick and um,
2: not Rourke though. R- Rourke sucks, and he's an idiot for. D- dude, once you pulled it off, you leave. Yeah, you leave. Well, but that's the whole the whole point of the whole show is like they, they have so much more to
1: fucking dude. Like, like it obviously was not like that whole decision to do what they did was made basically out of anger and like a moment reaction because of whatever happened that um who's the black lady uh whatever her role is right and she mm-hmm. tells him to take the gloves off or whatever does anyway we can't get back into it a lot of spoilers here um all right. Dan, you have a good night. Um, Rourke, you have a good rest of your death. Um, and guys, send us your suggestions for uh Yellowstone characters and SEC teams and blah 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 or what whatever the shows that we should be watching because we're we'll about to have a lot of time on anything else.